Hello, everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. Our Prairie Doc topic this week is alcoholism and addiction, and we are fortunate to have two special guests with us today to answer our questions about addiction and mental health. First, joining us today, we have Mary Beth Fishback. Mary Beth is the Executive Director of Brookings Behavioral Health and Wellness. Good morning, Mary Beth. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Good morning, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Mary Beth Fishback, and I'm the Executive Director of Brookings Behavioral Health and Wellness. I've been in my position there uh, for about four years, but I've been in the mental health field for about 15 years. Um, I basically started in mental health right out of grad school uh, and have stayed in it ever since. Excellent. Well, thank you for being here. We look forward to learning more about the services you provide there. And also joining us today in the studio is Robin Ayers. Robin is the Chemical Dependency Service Director of Brookings Behavioral Health and Wellness. Good morning, Robin. Thanks for being here with us today. Good morning, Laura. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I don't know that we have enough time, but I've been in the field uh, 25 plus years. Okay. Um, licensed addiction counselor. Um, been in several situations and employments across the state for a number of years. Mm-hmm. How long have you been in here in Brookings? Uh, this is, uh, I think, my second or third rotation back here. I moved back about 2017. Okay. You keep coming back, huh? I keep coming back. It's (laughs) like a rubber band. Yeah. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, thanks for being here today. We're looking forward to talking with both of you. And so if our listeners have questions about mental health or addiction, um, chemical dependency, give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Mary Beth, maybe if you could tell us a little bit more in general about Brookings Behavioral Health and Wellness and the services that are provided. Sure. Uh, So for some of you who've been uh, longtime Brookings residents, you might remember us as East Central Behavioral Health. Um, The Community Mental Health Center uh, was started in the 70s, actually, and has been in in Brookings and serving Brookings County since then. Um, About four years ago, when I came on board, we worked with our board and did a a new strategic plan and revamped the organization, renamed and rebranded it uh, as Brookings Behavioral Health and Wellness. But we are still uh, the Brookings County Community Mental Health Center. So we are one of the state's 11 community mental health centers and designated to service Brookings County specifically. So um, under our umbrella of services, we provide a comprehensive array of mental health and substance use services. Um, We do case management, medication management, and then 24-7, 365 emergency services for any mental health or substance use crisis-related issue that comes up in Brookings County. So that's kind of a a high-level overview of of what we do, and we'll certainly dive in deeper into the addiction side of it this morning. Yeah, excellent. And Robin, maybe tell us a little bit more about specifically what you do uh, and your role there. Well, it's... uh, a continuation of what Mary Beth has shared in terms mm-hmm. of provision of all services and a continuum of services related to treatment for drug and alcohol addiction, mm-hmm. serving the community population in uh, several levels of care through the outpatient process. Mm-hmm. 
Excellent. Well, I think we'll go to our first break and give everyone a chance to give us a call with your questions. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any questions regarding addiction or mental health that you would like us to address today with Mary Beth Fishback and Robin Ayers. Again, that number is 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Academic success is an excellent indicator for the overall well-being of youth and a primary predictor and determinant of adult health outcomes. Leading national education organizations recognize the close relationship between health and education, as well as the need to foster health and well-being within the educational environment for all students. If you find your student struggling with classwork, seek help early. The school counselors may be able to direct you to a tutor to help the student stay on course. Also talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings to have your student's health evaluated. There is a variety of issues that could be causing the poor grades, such as poor sleep or attention deficit disorder. Call today for an appointment, 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and today we have Brookings Behavioral Health and Wellness Executive Director Mary Beth Fishback and Chemical Dependency Service Director Robin Ayers with us to answer our questions about mental health and addiction. If you have a question you would like us to address, give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break, we were talking about um, Brookings Behavioral Health and Wellness kind of in general and some of the services they provide and the history here and how that has evolved over um, the last, what, 30 to 40 years or more. Um, Let's talk, as we are focusing this week on addiction, let's talk a little bit more about the specific services that are provided regarding addiction. Sure. So... Um, under our addiction services, we do individual counseling, couples counseling, family, and group counseling. Um, so really, we, we look at the individual coming in and what their needs are for service and what the best treatment route is going to be for that specific individual. And then we tailor our services to meet those needs. We're also very fortunate to uh, work with a lot of great community partners in terms of the addiction work that we do. So for example, um, one of the programs that Robin runs is our move up program in partnership with our state's attorney's office and she can talk a little bit more about the details of that but it's a a diversion program for individuals in that 18 to 21 range um, with with underages and they come to us for a specific um, evidence-based substance use program um, as part of their class and and diversion through the state's attorney's office Um, we also do a lot of work with the boys and girls club and their teen court program Um, So that kind of falls under our substance use services realm. But we really try to look at the needs within the community and what individuals are coming to us specifically for and then tailor our services based on what we're seeing as those needs. Gotcha. So very individualized once you get to know someone Mm -hmm. and their needs. Um, What, speaking more broadly, what are the signs and symptoms of addiction? Robin, you want to take that one? Well, it, that's an extremely broad mm-hmm. uh, field. Um, 
you might see changes in personality uh, initially with someone who's struggling with addiction. Um, perhaps they're withdrawing a bit more than they have previously. They're not as social or connected as they were. Um, tardiness with work obligations, family obligations, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I guess that would be the number one thing I would see is changes in that personality and withdrawing. Mm -hmm. um, and then where do we begin if we if if an individual mm -hmm. feels like they they recognize that they may have an addiction? Uh, is that usually how it works? Is that individual kind of recognizes it and decides to reach out, or is it usually someone else who helps connect them with services? That's a really broad spectrum piece. Mm -hmm. You s you see that occasionally. Okay, but I I. I would say most often it's it's the impetus is a legal charge, uh, ah, mm -hmm. an underage DUI, uh, something of that fashion okay. that then will initiate some self-reflection and bringing them in for evaluations and assessments and then uh, seeking services. Ah. But it's not to say that individuals don't also mm -hmm. do that on their own. We have it all along that continuum. Right. That's interesting. So a lot of times they, they get into some legal trouble mm -hmm. and that kind of forces them to address the situation. Legal, family, school. Um, okay. Mary Beth mentioned the Move Up program with our college students. Um, our state's attorney uh, really put together a cutting-edge program, I think, probably a couple of years ago now. Mm -hmm. We've been working on this with our SDSU population, which is running 12,000 or so mm -hmm. on a yearly basis, we see an influx of these young people and um, we see a, an increase in underage violations. Sure. Um, they go hand in hand. And in this day and age, um, one underage violation can really um, sabotage their career fields. And so the state's attorney in combination with Brookings Behavioral Health developed a program whereby as Mary Beth noted, it's an evidence-based curriculum they work with me on uh, for a period of time, and then they're also required to provide 10 hours of community service throughout the community so that they have an understanding of those actions and how it impacts the community. Um, I think to date we've run probably close to 400 young people through there. When they successfully complete that and they uh, remain clean and sober for 12 months, their record is expunged. So for them moving forward in their career fields, this is monumental. Mm -hmm. When you think about nursing students, pharmacy students, teacher education students, um, that one blemish can uh, sabotage their entire career field. So that's really been a cutting edge and very positive program that we've developed in the last couple of years. Yeah, that's really interesting. So. It sounds like, if I understood correctly, it could just be one violation Correct. that brings them in, which may very likely not be a problem necessarily as much as an addiction, but you have an opportunity to educate and probably build a relationship with these people Absolutely. at this and point. Absolutely, and that's what it is. It's about education. And um, when you look at the recidivism rate, if you think of that population from, I have 17 to 21 that participate and running 400, we have less than a 10% recidivism rate with that population. So when you mm -hmm. think about that, and it really is impactful to be able to have that education provided to them and then also have that conduit and connection with the community and build respect and care for the community in which they live and attend school. Right, right, absolutely. I volunteer with Salvation Army and a few other things. And yeah, it's been interesting to see some of these volunteer programs and the way mm -hmm. um, 
they get connected and it is wonderful to um, for any of us to be connected with community volunteer opportunities but for these young adults as well I can see where that would be really helpful um, related uh, you mentioned the teen court program for the young people as well tell me a little bit more about how that works Mary Beth yeah, so the teen court program is run through um, the Brookings Boys and Girls Club. Okay. And um, this is, again, an, kind of another version of a diversion program where yeah. um, individuals uh, get put, they uh, can choose to go through the teen court program uh, as opposed to going through the standard legal process um, and, and have a charge. Again, it's minor violations. Um, a lot of this is much younger kids. Okay. Um, and with the Boys and Girls Club and the Teen Court Program, we support them by doing a comprehensive assessment on the front end for all of the kids that are going through that Teen Court Program. And as part of their sentencing, then with Teen Court, um, if it's deemed that continued care would be beneficial, then we provide that ongoing service and support. Um, a lot of times it could be substance related, but not necessarily. So uh, it's just an added benefit and added support to that teen court program to make sure that we're getting those kids and families connected early on um, and helping to provide that education piece and and teach them early on about addiction, about mental health concerns, and the, uh, the consequences of their actions. Okay. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break, but when we return, let's talk a little bit about prevention. It sounds like these programs do that and some other um, ways that we can think about prevention. Um, we thank you for listening to our Prairie Doc radio program on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any questions regarding addiction or mental health that you would like us to address today with Mary Beth Fishback and Robin Ayers. Again, that number is 605-692-1430. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Skin cancer is the most common cancer in the United States. Unprotected skin can be damaged by the sun's UV rays in less than 15 minutes. Even if it's cool and cloudy, you still need protection. UV rays, not the temperature, do the damage. Anyone can get skin cancer, but some things put you at higher risk. The most common signs of skin cancer are changes on your skin, such as a new growth, a sore that doesn't heal, or a change in a mole. Tips to avoid skin cancer include stay in the shade, especially during the late morning through mid-afternoon, apply sunscreen and reapply every two hours. SPF of 30 or greater is recommended. Have your skin checked regularly and have it checked by a professional at your wellness checks. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and today we have Brookings Behavioral Health and Wellness Executive Director Mary Beth Fishback and Chemical Dependency Service Director Robin Ayers with us to answer our questions about mental health and addiction. If you have questions you would like us to address, give us a call at 605-692-1430. 
Before the break, we were talking about some of the programs, um, I believe you call them diversion programs, in place for the young adults um, out there and teens through the Move Up program and Teen Court, uh, which just leads to to more um, of a conversation about prevention. What are some of the things happening in Brookings to help prevent addiction, or what do we see being most successful in preventing addictions in the first place? Well, part of that is providing resources, education, and support to our young people. So we have a number of our counselors that uh, have contact in our element, well, middle and high school Mm -hmm. uh, primarily. Um, They're available every week and go in and provide services face-to-face. One of the things that we've noticed in the last probably 20 months is a significant increase in our younger population with in relation to depression and anxiety over the COVID situation mm-hmm. and epidemic. They were taken out of school last spring. Um, nobody really had the language or understanding of what was going on to support them, and so we've seen that really increase in our young people. Um, and so having those counselors be available in the school um, and take those young people out uh, in their free periods, that type of thing, and spend some one-on-one time providing key evidence-based practices in relation to prevention, providing them education and information to be able to make better choices for themselves is very, very key. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It seems like um, there's more and more resources out there, which is wonderful to just kind of address that prevention. And so um, you're talking about depression and anxiety issues. You mentioned that with some of our teens, especially in this pandemic. Um, our, depre- our depression and anxiety, if not dealt with, often dealt with through addiction is that kind of absolutely it it falls hand in hand Mm -hmm. um you see the co-occurring disorders is what how we refer to that it's 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 the chicken and the egg what comes first the depression or the addiction and they Mm -hmm. feed off of each other and then escalate into a situation where perhaps they're running into legal issues family issues um whatever that may be but they go hand in hand and when you see an increase in one often you'll see an increase in another Mm -hmm. um and we've, we have seen that in the last 18 months in our own community. As a parent, I don't have a teen quite yet, but I'm getting close to that. Um, what are some things you want to tell parents to be aware of um, to, to say, hey, keep an eye out for this, reach out when you, this is happening? What, what can we do as parents to help support and prevent um, anxiety and depression and addiction with well number teens. i i guess what i would say number one is mm-hmm. educating yourself and and making yourself aware of what's going on mm-hmm. well, for example this week alone the dea for the first time in in i believe six years it uh issued an alert regarding counterfeit prescription pills um and as i say that's the first time in six years so we're seeing a huge influx in, into the country over over nine million counterfeit pills in this last year that are coming into our nation and they are in our community as well one of the things uh, I'm old and slow and I'm technologically inept and so we're seeing our young people who can connect through snapchat TikTok, these various social media platforms access drugs and alcohol in a way that we've never had before in my history of working in this field. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really frightening to me. And as an old, inept person, I'm not educated or seeing those signs. So it's, are you monitoring your child's phone? Do, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think there's apps now that you can 
ghost them. I don't know what the terminology is, but you can see who's texting them, what they're doing, um, who they're contacting. Are there changes in their behavior? Are they withdrawing? Are they isolating themselves more than they ever have? Are they uh, not participating in school or activities as they once were? So be keying into that and then asking questions and finding out what's going on, what are their concerns, and then linking the, them with services that we've outlined here. Yeah. Also at the school with school what, counselors. What are some of the um, most common addiction issues we're seeing here in Brookings? Uh, number one still is alcohol. Okay. Um, I would say a close second is the prescription pill piece. Um, our alcohol sales in the community went up about 30% compared in this last 18 months compared to years previously. Some of that's related to the COVID and the shutdown. People were isolated, um, unsure of the future, what was going on. We had folks lose their jobs um, be or be placed furloughed, whatever the case may be. Um, school was closed, so a lot of those platforms were missing, and we've seen an increase in that alcohol use. We've also seen an increase in, in marijuana, cannabis use. Um, but the, probably one of the most frightening thing to me is is the is the medication and the pills because you're seeing that adulterated, for example, with fentanyl. So you may think you're taking a Lexapro or an Adderall uh, that you've got on the street, so to speak, through these social media contacts, and it's laced with fentanyl, and you take one pill and you're passed. And mm-hmm. we've had that happen in our community and all over the state. So that's one of the things that's really alarming and concerning to me. It's incredibly scary. It's very scary. Right. And the thing is, we used to say in South Dakota we were 10 years behind any any um, trend, if you will, because we were in the center, we were not connected. That's no longer the case. Um, because of technology, everything is instant. And unfortunately or fortunately, our children are more adept at that than are us adults sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so we're not sure and we don't know what to look for. Um, and that's extremely frightening. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the COVID-19 pandemic kind of changing the way all of us behave and do all sorts of things. But um, some some increase, a 30% increase, I think you said, in consumption of alcohol here in our community in the last, what was it, last year or so? 18 months. In the last 18 months. So um, what what else are you seeing due to the, the pandemic and the changes that, and the stresses that many of us are facing in regards to addiction and chemical dependency? I, I mean, I think a lot of that is coming in in the forms of anxiety and depression and, and subsequently substance use. Um, you know, Robin mentioned kind of the chicken or the egg. Um, if we're having symptoms of anxiety and depression, we self-medicating with substances. Um, so they, they really do go hand in hand. I think COVID has um, caused an increase in in stress and anxiety and depression for a lot of people that maybe didn't experience those types of things before. And certainly for individuals that were already struggling or already experiencing uh, symptoms of a mental illness, it's really heightened those symptoms. Um, so it's, uh, you know, there, there's a huge impact kind of across the board. And um, we're seeing it in individuals that are coming in for services that we, we might not have seen prior to COVID. Um, I think there's there's a lot of fear. There's, um, you know, every day, whether it's the news or um, even just our local city council, our local school boards, you know, there's there's a lot of ten- tension. There's heightened anxiety and, and fear of the unknown. And that creates a lot of stress for people. Mm-hmm. 
So what are some other options, some healthy ways to deal with some of those um, stresses and anxiety or, or how do we reach out if we feel like we, we are overwhelmed? What can we do to reach out for help instead of turning to those things? Mm-hmm. So I, I think just doing that, reaching out for help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, early on in the pandemic, we saw a huge push of individuals um, needing and wanting to be connected and using very creative ways to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Zoom was exciting, you know, to get right. on Zoom meetings with your family and with your friends. It was exciting. And now, you know, the longer this goes on, I think the harder it is to do that because we're we're forced to do it and it and it's sort of gotten old and, and mundane. But continuing to find creative ways to reach out with people and stay connected mm-hmm. so that we're not so isolated um, and simply reaching out and asking for help is, I think, one of the biggest things that we can do, acknowledging that we're feeling something that needs to be dealt with Mm -hmm. um, and reaching out and asking for help. Right. And what are some ways that you've been able to serve people in the pandemic? I know know, we've we've gone from doing everything kind of virtually to doing something safely in person as well. How have you and your how's Brookings Behavioral Health and Wellness been able to connect with people and try to stay connected to people during the pandemic? We've really tried to stay fluid with mm-hmm. that, just depending on what's happening in our community. So uh, we're we're very careful about watching the numbers and the trends in Brookings County and, and making sure that what we're doing is keeping our, our staff, but also the people that we serve safe. So we've tried to be very fluid in our delivery of services um, from being... 100% telehealth at the height of the pandemic to now being in somewhat of a, a hybrid model where we have most of what we're doing is, is back in person, but we still have telehealth options for individuals that feel more comfortable in communicating that way. Um, our clinicians have also done an incredible job being very creative at um, enhancing that connection when we have to be remote or when we have to use telehealth. So we've had clinicians put together um, activity boxes for the kiddos that we have um, that we're seeing and we'll deliver those activity boxes so that they can have something that they can interact with together through Zoom. Um, Same thing for some of our adult care populations. Uh, We've just tried to get creative in how we're staying connected to people and, and meeting people where they are. I would say for right now, you know, the majority of our services are, are back in person, and that seems to be the way people want to connect. But there is still a, a subset that has preferred to stay connected virtually. And I think that allows us an opportunity to continue services with individuals that might not otherwise come in in person for it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. If you'd like to give us a question, call us now at 605-692-1430, 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. If you have arthritis, participating in joint-friendly physical activity can improve your arthritis pain, function, mood, and quality of life. Joint-friendly physical activities are low-impact, which means that they put less stress on the body, reducing the risk of injury. Examples of joint-friendly activities include walking, biking, and swimming. Being physically active can also delay the onset of arthritis-related disabilities and help people with arthritis manage other chronic conditions such as diabetes, heart disease, and obesity. 
Talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings to learn more about managing arthritis. Call for an appointment at 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and with us today we have Brookings Behavioral Health and Wellness Executive Director Mary Beth Fishback and Chemical Dependency Service Director Robin Ayers with us answering our questions about mental health and addiction. Um, as we've been talking today, we've been talking kind of about the initial programs to help people reach out for help. Once someone has addressed their um, initial addiction and have maybe come up with some options and solutions, what are some ways we can help people long-term who have had um, issues with addiction? Well, that, that's done through providing uh, continuity of care. We have, we have a very active AA NA and GA group here in the community which individuals can access um, and we at Brookings Behavioral Health and Wellness can be that link and conduit to get them into that setting as well as we offer a continuing care group so if someone's gone through individual counseling outpatient group this is a a continuation of support which is key in in being able to maintain your sobriety Um, and so that's offered on a weekly basis as well. Okay. So they can come in for that. Excellent. Well, we just have a minute or two left. Um, Mary Beth and Robin, I really appreciate you coming in. Is there anything else you feel like the community needs to know before we wrap up today? I think the last thing that I would share is uh, please, if you feel like you're struggling or family member or friend or someone that you know is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, we're, we're here to provide the support and services that we can um, to help everyone in our community and meet them where they are. So if you're, if you're struggling or feel like you need help, please don't hesitate to reach out. Well, I've learned a lot today about the services here in town and um, the ways to reach out. So thank you for um, all that you do to support our community. Both of you really appreciate that. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Tomorrow, September 30th, Prairie Doc programs will continue our conversation about alcoholism and addiction on our television program with Dr. Matthew Stanley and Dr. Vivek Anand with Avera Medical Group University Psychiatry. Watch the full episode this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central on South Dakota Public Broadcasting or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Mary Beth Fishback and Robin Ayers for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.